Hey, and welcome to the Clocked In Creative, a podcast for creatives in business made by creatives in business. Brought to you by the University of Georgia here in beautiful Athens, Georgia. I'm your host, Seth Hendershot. Today, we'll be talking to Sonny Baumgartner, owner of Community Redesigned Vintage and Handmade Clothing right here in Athens, Georgia. Sonny, welcome. Thank you, Seth. Nice to to have you here. here. Um, We're so glad to have you here. I'm so glad that this is happening. Um, I feel like there's, uh, if 10 years ago a podcast like this existed, I would be a lot better off just hearing real stories from real people. Uh, who are creatively inclined and trying to make a business out of it. Um, so with you, like what got you started on this path? Tell us a little bit about your story. Okay, so I uh, came to Athens uh, from Germany as an exchange student in the late 90s, so I'm going a little further back. And I was uh, in school here for a year, fell in love with Athens and particularly the Athens music scene. And I was playing music at the time already in Germany, and so I really connected with that here. And so I decided after um, going back to Germany and getting my degree there, finishing that, uh, to move back to Athens. And um, so my path was a little, you know, like a lot of creatives, not very straightforward. Mm -hmm. Um, I went from a degree in psychology to pursuing music as a career and um, never really made money with that. (laughs) (laughs) So the story goes. Oh, yeah. So um, well, I paid to see you a couple of times. Oh, so, good. Yeah, okay, yeah. thanks. So yeah. that made a little money <laughs> <laughs> through you. Um, but uh, it was never quite enough. Right. So what I did to support uh, my music was I started buying and selling vintage clothing, um, which is something that I always enjoyed. Even in Germany, I used to go to flea markets and find like cool like 70s vintage jackets and stuff like that. Um, And so I started doing that here. And um, when, uh, you know, Agora first opened, which then became Atomic, they had these booths that you can rent. And funny thing is, Sarah and I actually shared a booth. No kidding. Yeah, the first month, I think. We like together, we had a booth at Agora. And that's how I got started. And that was really fun and easy and was pretty successful. So over a few years, I built that up to actually create an income for myself. Like uh, I made a living at selling uh, vintage. Wow. And that was at that store. And then also I worked a couple of days a week at Minx, which was a different vintage store in town. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Learned a lot from working with the owner there. And and then I also started selling at a store in Atlanta as well. So it really, it just kind of grew uh, organically. And so there were a few things kind of happening at the time. I, um, I mean, I really kind of wanted to step away from music because it became just too hard. Like, you know, the, the fact that I wasn't making a living at it, it just was really frustrating because I felt like to do music, I really needed to do it 100% because it just requires so much focus and time and energy, I think, to do it well. And not having the time, but having to work jobs or, you know, make money in another way, I felt like really took away from that. And so I always felt like I was just scratching the surface and it was just becoming too frustrating. So I just gave up music altogether. And at that same time, so basically when I stepped away from music, it opened up the possibility of me having my own store because before then I didn't want it to be tied down to 
you know, to a, a business. Uh, I wanted to be able to tour and, you know, like play shows when I had the opportunity. But then once I stepped away from music, I felt like, okay, I really have a vision. I want to have my own store. I want to have it a feel of like a regular boutique. I want it to be fashion forward, even though it's vintage. And I really, really wanted to carry products by local vendors as well. Yeah. You know, because I knew how hard it was to make a living in Athens as a creative. So I really wanted to uh, give a place to people that were making things, if it was clothing or jewelry or, you know, other local products where they can sell their wares. And at that time, there wasn't, there weren't a lot of options. Right. Um, now I feel like there's a lot more, um, you know, uh, stores that carry local products, but at the time they really wasn't. And so that's kind of how the idea got started for huh. community. And then the other factor that came in was that I started sewing and redesigning some of the vintage clothing. And so that started my own clothing label that's called Community Service. And that's uh, still in, you know, a big part of community nice. now. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. What year did you open the brick and mortar? Uh, we op I opened in 2010. Oh, okay. So a little over 10 years ago. And then moved in mm, 2006, I believe. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. So, no, sorry, 16. So 2016. Yeah, moved. so I opened in 2010 and then um, I relocated the store to a different location uh, six years later because we were, you know, as you might remember, we were upstairs uh, yeah. before and it was a lovely space, but it was just hidden away. And as a retail business, it's it's so much harder when you don't have a storefront. Yeah. So um, we were downtown, but you know, a lot of people would just pass us by and not notice the store. So yeah, you gotta mm -hmm. have that eye shot to really get people in who yeah. are like, what is this? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's going well at this new location. Yes, it's going much better. Yeah. yeah, so we get a lot more walk by traffic and it's only a block up from where we were. So we didn't really lose any customers we already had because we were still really yeah. close mm -hmm. just down the yeah, yeah down the street um so as a i mean as a musician which you're still a musician just because you're not trying <laughs> to make a living at it you're still yeah. music is in you i'm sure well i don't play anymore it, yeah at all ever no not for fun not really no, no. it was like it's i don't know like for me i really loved music like it was like my first love of you know that's what I wanted to do with my life and I think it was I couldn't go back to doing it as a hobby I see. you know like so I for see. me it was almost it made more sense to just step away completely and now I mean I, I, I think I might play again someday but right now it's uh, I think that the creativity comes out in different ways right. um, Mm -hmm. So music is not part of it right now. Okay. So mm -hmm. all your creative energy is sort of shifted to the fashion world. Mm -hmm. And that's always yeah. been a part of your life, even when yeah. you were playing music. Mm -hmm. So when you, when you started thinking like, I could open up my own shop, I could do this. Um, did you think about the you know the five w's and the h or did you do you know, more specifically like the why would i why would i want to uh open up my own place and take that burden on of a mm -hmm. you know renting a space and taking you know having employees and, mm -hmm. and uh taking care of inventory and all those things and and what is it i'm going to sell like did those those questions obviously pop in the mind of every entrepreneur what were those answers like for you as far as um, your vision of what you wanted community to be. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I mean, I think I definitely had a very idealistic idea of it. I was just like, oh, I have this vision. I want to make it happen. And I mean, I think that's how a lot of uh, businesses get started. And it's like that initial spark that's so uh, important to have, that right. energy. Um, and I, I mean, I, I felt like I had a pretty decent experience, like background in terms of um, selling vintage and how to price it and all that. But I didn't have any kind of business training or background at all. So in some ways, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. <laughs> Most creative stuff. Which, yeah, which is probably why I did it. Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. If I, I honestly don't know if I would have done it otherwise. So there were a lot of aspects or still are a lot of aspects about the business side of uh, things that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think I would have imagined when I started um, how much of that is taking up my time now. And how much less I'm actually doing creative work than when I first started the business. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Mm-hmm. So you're you're trying to balance the creative fire, and, mm-hmm. you know, that you that started the whole thing with the reality of having to balance a budget and mm-hmm. take care of mm-hmm. staff and do all the all those things. Mm-hmm. But did it come out the way that you? first envisioned it i mean it it always changes it always Mm -hmm. becomes different but but how close is it to the original vision it's actually pretty close i found my first proposal for like a space that i wanted to rent downtown that i ended up not getting which i also can see when i read the first proposal why Mm -hmm. but i was really surprised how the description of the business that i wanted to open there still matches with what we're actually doing now so i think it's really very true to my original idea that I had that's awesome mm-hmm. and that probably lends itself more to a business being successful is if, if you stay true to that original vision mm-hmm. I think then um, if you wander off into other territories that you mm-hmm. didn't originally plan on mm-hmm. so um, that's great and yeah and people- I mean I think we have added uh, some additional um, services and like alterations and sewing classes that we added on later that I don't think were part of the original vision, but it still kind of feeds in the original vision of sustainability and it still feeds into that core value and that original idea. So it was more like an extension of the redesigning and that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that makes sense. And that's, that's just getting creative with what it is you're trying to, to accomplish Mm -hmm. anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. And just growing more than changing. Yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, that's awesome. And, and the, the name community, like mm-hmm. when you're like, I remember putting out feelers as to like, what well, you know, what should I name this business? Like what makes the most sense? And when you came up with community as a brand and you're thinking about, you know, being successful and, and what, what that, that, what that branding means and what people are going to, um, uh, I guess what people are going to walk by and look at your sign and think, you know, what is that, what is that place about? Like how, how did you tie the branding of your place for a successful business venture? Like how, what did you, where did community come from? The name? Yeah. Where did it come from? I mean, I actually feel like it was almost the other way around that, uh, huh. that the business kind of grew into its name more. I mean, we definitely started out like community has meant different things to me over that process too. Like I think uh, when I gave up music, I also gave up 
little bit being part of the Athens music community, which Aye. has been always very supportive. And, you know, as you probably know, I mean, it's a great uh, community to be part of, but I stepped away from that. So I, I kind of created for myself a new community of uh, fashion designers and, you know, people that are interested in fashion and sewing. And so that was more like a personal meaning for that word for me. And then in addition to that, um, it's the community of, of vendors that really creates the store. And that was there in the beginning, but it has much grown since then. I think in the beginning we had a lot less vendors and it was more of a traditional vintage store with some redesigns and then a few additional vendors that were Athens based. But now we have like over 50 different vendors, most of them based in Athens, but they have to at least be like, it has to be Georgia made for us to sell the product. So I think in that way, I feel like community has actually grown more into its name than, yeah. you know, me having had the perfect name and, and concept already. And, you know, it's really, it's really evolved into that over the years. That happens. Mm -hmm. That happens a lot. I think in, mm -hmm. in certainly in creative, uh, creative style businesses, like people start out as this thing and then it, it just grows and becomes sort of envelops like what the original idea was. And, and I, I mean, as a testament, I, I went in there a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, um, and was blown away by like the diversity of what you guys offer and, and the mm. fact that you're doing all this like Georgia stuff, like you really have, um, sort of mastered that, uh, that, that brand. Wow. Like, thank people you. really, it's really <laughs> great. It's, it's excellent. Thanks. Um, and I think that that's going to continue leading you in a successful path like if, if it hasn't already has it been you feel pretty successful like as far as a business am, owner yeah. goes I, mm -hmm. mean, I think so I mean I definitely think community has a really good reputation in in Athens I think you know yeah. very uh, I feel like it's respected and and supported and loved I, I do feel successful and I'm finally also making a living at it I mean it's hey -o. it's Not like it can took say that. a while but you know <laughs> I mean I'm I'm finally feeling more financially comfortable uh, than I was even just three or four years ago. So yeah. it's, and that's, that helps too with feeling more successful. I do think that's important that yeah. the business can also take care of me that, you know, because I am giving uh, my life to the business. And so it has to give back in that way. If it yeah. can't support me on a, in the long term, then I can't keep doing it forever. So. Right. Mm -hmm. No, you, yeah. you, yeah, you definitely as an entrepreneur, like you give everything you have into this business and if mm -hmm. it's not giving back and it yeah. does take longer than everybody thinks or all the things you read about, you know, yeah, much I mean, longer than I thought. I mean, they say like what, three years to send this, like the seven year mark or something, yeah. but it's like, no. I mean, not barely if, if you're selling mm -hmm. widgets maybe like if you're selling some easy manufactured product you can just crank out but mm -hmm. when you're when you're in a creatively based business like mm -hmm. it, yeah it takes a hell of a long time mm -hmm. to get it to to where it, it does give back to you i think that's important for people to recognize and and hear mm -hmm. especially from someone who is now feeling the you're reaping the rewards a little <laughs> bit of the success yes. like you're able to pay your power bill and mm -hmm. your your mortgage and put food on the table and that that feels good and you made the point of like it's a success in that you created this space and this sense of community there and that's success isn't always measured in dollars it's you know there's a whole lot more and there are perks to those right mm -hmm. like absolutely you, yeah. you can 
proudly walk around town and 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 feel like everybody's got your back because you brought this cool thing to yeah to to the town yeah that's totally how it feels good mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. i think i know i think and I, I said it with sarah too i think you guys present um you guys have have taught athens how to be more aesthetically competent hmm. like as far as fashion goes and just just quality of product and things like that like you don't have to go to the big boxes you don't have to mm -hmm. order it online mm -hmm. like i mean unless you're ordering it from a, a person that actually made it um, yeah i think mm -hmm. that that part's really important and it seems to become uh seems to have become more in vogue now like more um important for people to get those quality handmade items that you guys offer absolutely I, really cool. I, I agree i mean i think there has definitely been more increased awareness about um buying locally made products and then also about sustainability and fashion i mean fast fashion is uh, has a lot of problems and issues and i i definitely uh you know we work with students we've always worked with students over the years for interns or we've done interviews for them and um, they they know so much more about these issues now than 10 years ago or even five years ago. So there's a lot of awareness among, uh, you know, the, the younger generation about the issues and how important it is to be sustainable in, in these different areas, not just in food, but also in, in clothing. When you say fast fashion, what are you referring to? Explain it to mm -hmm. me like I'm the dummy that I am. Okay. I don't know. I've, I mean, I've heard that, that phrase, but... I couldn't define it if yeah. I was asked. So uh, traditionally, brands would create, you know, maybe four collections a year. So there was like the spring, the summer collection and the fall okay. or winter. Or maybe it was just two. It was like spring, summer, fall, winter. Um, but then uh, the, the fast fashion uh, came up um, with retailers like H&M, for example, or Zara. And what they do is they basically put out new collections every week. Um, and so what it does is it creates this need for the consumer to buy something new all the time. Ah. So it's basically like speeding up this, you know, how fashion always kind of creates this like, oh, this is in style now and this is out. So sh you should be buying like the new style. The turnover process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh -huh. But like fast fashion has really sped that up by making the cycle so short and constantly new items in the store. So you always want to get the customer in every week for them to buy something new. And then the other thing that fast fashion or specifically the fast fashion manufacturers have created is um, really cheap clothing ah. um and so they uh, are giving the illusion that you know we can afford all these clo new clothes all the time but then what it also does is they're exploiting uh workers in countries where they don't get paid much for their labor and um every piece of clothing is still sewn by someone like that's not automated processes mm. where computers just you know cut and sew the clothes it's always someone's hands on the sewing machines and um and so yeah so there's that aspect of it that's a problem and then there's a lot of environmental problems with creating a lot of textile waste because we're throwing away a lot of these clothes because we're buying them cheap and then they're poor They've quality go somewhere they're going to a dump right yeah exactly <laughs> um and so there's there's a lot of different problems with huh. associated with fast fashion um and that's something that we're trying you know to educate people about it by really focusing on 
you know, sustainable materials and reusing materials. And I purposefully wanted to have the sewing area be part of the retail space because we're so disconnected from how our clothes are being made and who makes them. And I really wanted to break down this barrier and show the customer that comes in, oh, look, you know, there are people that make the clothes that we're yeah. selling and this you they can watch the process they can watch how the uh, employees are being treated i mean it's right there in front of them there's transparency right and that was really important to me when we set up the store that i wanted that to be integrated in one space that's awesome mm-hmm. and that's a that's an aspect of your business that i wasn't even aware of i'm sure many people aren't but mm-hmm. that's that's fantastic that's an important part. I mean, you when you think about sustainability, you usually think about things like plastics and, uh, you know, food waste and, and things like mm-hmm. that. You don't really consider clothing in that realm, but that is, that's a huge part of it. It's the second biggest polluter after the oil industry. Wow. Textiles. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There so there's is. a lot of problems. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. So, well, and, and I mean, that sort of segues into the long had discussion of art versus business how do you weave those two together because i mean oftentimes we're told you know if you're going to be in business you got to like take these shortcuts and and make it cheap Mm. and make it quick and Mm -hmm. you know sell a lot of them for a little bit of money where if you like you're saying if you take the time and you make the quality stuff and yes Mm -hmm. you have to charge more for it like you're going to be more satisfied and you're you're going to sort of bring your creative input into this sustainable business what was that journey like for Mm -hmm. you how did you sort of tie those two together yeah it's definitely that's a really interesting question um i think i've definitely always stuck to the value of sustainability as a core value of the business and i'm it's just something i'm not comfortable making compromises with Mm. um so and that's always guided our process um but i think the 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 issue that i had to learn a lot about and and i'm still figuring out is the is the aspect of how much do you charge for it how much can you charge for it and still sell it and so i think when i first started i was still sewing most of the clothing myself and when I priced those redesigns, I, for one thing, I basically sold them at wholesale prices because we were making the items and then we were selling them. So, you know, you basically, you put your mark up there and then usually what happens is you have someone in between. So you have the manufacturer and then you have the retailer Mm -hmm. and then, you know, so basically we, we were both in one, we were the manufacturer and the retailer, but I didn't really figure in technically the overhead of the store and when I priced my clothing at first Mm. the redesign and so I had that was a big learning process Mm. I think we're we're probably about doubled our prices for the redesigns now than when we first started Mm. Um, because now I also have to pay other people to sew and I didn't really figure in the value of my time when I was doing it it was just like what is my cost okay what did I spend on this item what is the cost of material um, but I didn't figure in my own work, and right. um, and so it just I just priced things way too low, yeah. and um, because you know we were in a traditional 
a manufacturer or a traditional retail place where you just buy something at a certain price and then you know you have usually a formula of like okay you double the wholesale price and that's your retail price we i didn't have any kind of guidelines there i was just like uh, I was just making it all up because right. it was such a unique concept that yeah. nobody else was doing. So that was definitely a learning process over the years. And that was also a struggle that I feel like a lot of creatives, creatives have, the same struggle of how do you value your creativity in a monetary way? That's right. Like how, like what is your time worth? What is your creative ideas worth? And um and how do you price things? What like I mean, I actually ended up with a tangible product, which is a little different from when you're writing a song, you know, because there's like a standard price. You know, a record costs usually this and this much somewhere yeah. everywhere. But like uh, with a tangible clothing product, it was harder to figure out. Oh, it was hard to figure out. I mean, I think it's difficult for every creative to put a specific value to their work. And um, so I think that. Um, I'm just slowly, slowly inched up more and more to higher prices. And I've definitely learned that um, certain um, redesigns or, you know, when we make things from scratch from sustainable materials too, are just not worth doing because we get into such a high price point that um, I can't sell it. Right. And, and that's sometimes kind of frustrating because it's, you know, we can do so much with like, upcycling certain things or like um you know we work a lot with like denim scraps um because i sell a lot of cut off jeans and so we, i collect all the legs from the jeans and then we, we want to do something with it but denim is not really seen as a very expensive material mm. and um our labor like it's so labor intensive and the labor is really the the um, highest expense for us in this process is not so much material it's all labor and right. so once you have a labor extensive uh, product uh, that doesn't isn't a, like a high quality material then uh, people aren't willing to pay the price that I have to charge um, to make up for that you know to cover the cost right and so I think that's part of the learning process that's been um, something that uh, you know was a lot of trial and error it's like okay you know, can we make a, a dress and then sell it for $300? Um, it really depends on the material. Maybe if it's silk, yes. If it's denim, not so much because a $300 denim dress seems really expensive. Right. And so there's, there's definitely some aspects that, um, that I feel like I've, I've you know, figured out over time of what's worth doing and what's not in terms of the price point. But, um, but overall, I think it's definitely like you, I had to figure in my own time as well and and uh, figure that into the cost of the item, which I really didn't do in the beginning. And yeah. I only started doing it when um, I started hiring other people and I had to pay them for the same work that I did you know, at like, first. What about me? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, and there's, there's reputation involved there too because people get to know you and get to know your store and go, well, mm -hmm. she only turns out quality stuff so it's mm -hmm. worth the price that she's but at the you know year one like you can't do that because mm -hmm. they're like who is this lady like exactly you know we could go buy this somewhere else from somebody we know or from some mm -hmm. store that we know whereas over years and it's probably why creative businesses are you know just take longer to really mm -hmm. make it make it work 
is like your reputation and your your integrity and your quality of product that you're turning out over time you people recognize it Mm -hmm. and they're like yeah it's worth it trust me because everything that she's doing is not only you know sustainable and um you know forward thinking and really fashionable but it's also really good really Mm -hmm. well made and you can see it you you know and that just takes that just takes time yeah yeah and and effort and you know not paying yourself for years and years and then <laughs> now you're finally there so it's i think that's encouraging for a lot of folks to hear especially creative folks who are trying to make it in, make a go of having some kind of business is that mm-hmm. you know the persistence pays off absolutely for sure. and i think that's true in in music as well no, it's like the the musician friends um that i've had 20 years ago that stuck with it a lot of them have seen success after a long time yeah um but it's so rare to have that immediate success and i think a lot of uh uh, i think we live in a culture that kind of expects that that you know with the whole social media famous uh i want it now yeah yeah it's like oh just do one thing and then you're immediately famous and then they get really discouraged when it doesn't happen that way right and i think that's something that i wish also, I would have maybe known 10 years ago that it really does um, grow over time. And it's that's really exciting to see that it's not always just about starting a business. And then if it doesn't immediately show success, just start another business. I really think it's it's a really rewarding process to see um, this business grow over time into something successful. And then, you know, you really, you know, this is, like your work, like you, right. <laughs> you did this uh, over uh, you know many years That's and right. with a lot of uh, blood, sweat, and tears, right? A hundred percent. That's very satisfying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, good on you. That's awesome. <laughs> what does the future of community look like? Like, where do you see it heading? Um, I mean, we started a, a few years ago. We started uh, selling our uh, clothing line community service also in Atlanta and in Savannah and a couple of boutiques, not our own stores, but a couple of stores picked up our line. And so I would like to do more of that, just nice. grow grow the uh, clothing line and, and have them in a few different stores um, ar- in, around the country. Um, so that's definitely one way I'd like to grow. Um, and then, you know, when, when COVID hit last, like basically exactly a year ago, and we closed to the public for a few months, um, we finally started an online store. And uh, oh. that has been very helpful over, you know, during this last uh, year when we had just limited uh, people coming in the store. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we so. all got good at packing and mailing <laughs> at that point, didn't we? Yeah. We all yeah, turned so, into Jeff Bezos. Uh-huh. We learned a lot about shipping. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I do want to, I, I would like to grow the online business too, because I think um, as much as Athens is such a cool town um, and I love being here and I don't ever really want to leave, um, I do think uh, it is sometimes a little limited in a certain customer base because we're really missing kind of the the young professionals here. Right. You know, you have a lot of students and then we have more like retirees, um, but we don't really have a lot of uh, people in their 30s or 40s. And I think a lot of um, that, a lot of my clothing appeals to that age group. Yep. And so I think the online store offers me another possibility of reaching them and 
really creating um, a customer base in other places, yeah, in, in bigger sure. cities or out west. And uh, so that's kind of exciting to yeah. me that I want to build on that more and see if I can grow that business that way. Awesome. The pandemic mm -hmm. silver lining. Yeah. We all learned a new <laughs> skill over the last year. And Ooh. we made a lot of face masks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're beautiful, too. Oh, thank you. And uh, where can people find that kind of stuff online? What's your... Uh, our uh, website is shopcommunityathens.com. Okay. And so we have, uh, yeah, we have, uh, you know, not everything listed online yet, but we have a lot of, it definitely has grown uh, over the last 12 months. We have a lot of products online, a lot of masks, clothing, and yeah, so it's, it's a pretty good um, representation now, I think, of the brick and mortar store and the products we carry there as well. Excellent. And what mm -hmm. about the socials? Instagrams. Community Athens on Instagram and also community service label, but it has like some, what do you call it? Underline community underscore, underscore service underscore label. Oh, okay. That's specifically for the clothing, the redesigned clothing or the clothing label. Mm -hmm. Very cool. And then of course, Facebook too. Most of it is uh, community Athens. Okay. It's our um, handle. If you Google search it, you'll find it. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very good. Last thing, and I asked Sarah the same thing. If you could impart some wisdom on 25-year-old Sonny mm -hmm. or further mm -hmm. back even, Ooh. Um, mm -hmm. knowing the things you know now about business, it could even be 10 years ago, Sonny, mm -hmm. when you first opened Community, what, what would it be? Well, I think, and I don't know if I would necessarily do it differently now, but um, what I'm really doing now that's uh, that I'm enjoying is I work a lot more with experts than I did in the beginning. So when I first started, everything was DIY. I mean, I did, you know, everything uh, for social media, photography, uh, you know, uh, just accounting, financial stuff, <laughs> business. I had no idea what I even needed to do. But over time, you figure that out. Mm -hmm. um, now I started working with a financial advisor. I have uh, I'm working with a marketing team. Um, and those experiences have been so beneficial for the business that I think that would be for me a recommendation is to actually get from, you know, as soon as, well, I don't know if you, if I can say as soon as you can afford it, because I couldn't really afford it in the beginning, but right. I do think it's often worth, uh, working in certain areas with someone that knows what they're doing already rather than doing everything yourself. True. Um, so that's that's some advice that I have. But at the same time, um, if I had known more about business back then and if I had worked more with professionals in the beginning, I don't think I would have developed such a unique business model. Right. And so um, I think everybody really has to find their own way. No, I think that um, definitely, you know, think everybody should kind of pursue their vision and try it out, but maybe get help along the way if you can, because I really think that is helpful and beneficial and yeah. makes it a little easier in some ways. That's excellent mm -hmm. advice. Yeah. And I hope some young, uh, future Sonny Baumgartner who's <laughs> listening to this podcast will, will hear that and be inspired to like, not, not sweat it and, and just mm -hmm. pursue and mm -hmm. go, go forward. That's awesome. Well, I can't thank you enough for coming and making time for us. Uh, this has been really Thanks cool. Thanks so much. It's been really fun talking about this with you. Yeah, likewise. Mm -hmm. And uh, look forward to seeing more community products online and, and in person. 
Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to the Clocked In Creative, brought to you by the University of Georgia here in beautiful Athens, Georgia. This episode was recorded at Hendershot's event space off Prince Avenue in Athens, Georgia. Go to HendershotsAthens.com to find out what we're up to. For more information on the podcast, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Clocked In Creative or go to our website, TheClockedInCreative.com. For more episodes, find us wherever you get your podcasts. All right, y'all, this is Seth Hendershot signing off. Remember to stay creative, stay humble, keep learning, and never give up. Bye, y'all.